When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Fenway Rundown, the premier podcast for all things Boston Red Sox. No people harp on the last place thing, but essentially what's important is the record. If the Red Sox want people to start thinking the ownership cares, then maybe they should talk. This is the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live. Here are your hosts, Chris Cotillo and Sean McAdam. Happy Monday. I'm so used to saying happy Tuesday as we do our first show of the week, but it's the winter meetings. It calls for uh, a special daily recording while we're here. I'm Chris Cotillo, Sean McAdam alongside more literally than usual. Usually he's alongside at his home and I'm at mine, but today we are, I think, on different floors of the same hotel, though with how big this place is, who knows where either of us are. Could be the same time zone, might be a different one. We're under one roof. But it's the biggest roof you'll ever see in Nashville, Tennessee. It's the Gaylord Opryland Hotel and Convention Center, your home for the 2023 Major League Baseball Winter Meetings. I know people don't want to hear the complaining because baseball fans think this is a cool event. It is one near and dear to my heart. It was early in my career, the most important week of the year, and still is one of my favorites. You get to see a lot of people. You get to do a lot of catching up. There's a lot of fun, especially had after podcasts are recorded and stories are written uh, in the lobby. Um, but, I mean, this place really does suck. It is the worst uh, location they could possibly have for it. It's about a 30-minute walk from end to end. There's just It's like the biggest greenhouse you've ever seen with two or three other massive greenhouses to try to find one person or you know try to network or try to do all the fun stuff that we usually do at the winter meetings is generally impossible. And that's the big storyline I think we have. Uh, we'll start with this as we do. There's a new way, a brand new way in the last few weeks for you to connect with everything we do at Mass Live, our exclusive Red Sox insider text. And Sean, tell the good people how they can get involved with that. All the cool kids are doing it, Chris. They all want to communicate with you, with me, with Chris Smith throughout the hot stove league, throughout the winter meetings this week into spring training and next regular season. It's the best way to stay informed on all Red Sox news. You can ask us questions. You can send us uh, opinions, get our reaction to things, propose trades, whatever you want to do. We have some fun doing it. A lot of people are joining us. It's $4.99 a month with a free 14-day trial. And all you have to do is text JOIN to 617-751-6257 and then click join and click the link and have a lot of fun talking and exchanging ideas about baseball with us. Yeah. And today was a great example of it. We, well, just to give you an idea of how the winter meetings work every day, the members of the media for that cover each team are hosted in the team suite, which I'd like somebody to do a deep dive, Sean, not as you're my boss, but I'm not going to sign you this story, but, um, the idea of 
who actually sleeps in the team suite and are there bedrooms in there? Because the room we went in today was just this couch and Craig Breslow sitting next to a fireplace and a lot of water and snacks. And um, it's a kind of a confusing where, scene. I mean, it's where they host other teams to have trade yeah. talk. It's where they host agents to do some negotiating on free agent deals. And every team has a big suite every year. There's a sort of a big kerfluffle over who's going to get the biggest suite overlooking the biggest part of the hotel and all the plastic palm trees and all of that. But it, it really is massive in scale. Uh, and it's kind of fun. You know, sometimes you see people sneaking out of rooms. Agents don't want to be seen talking to a particular team. Teams don't want to be seen talking to other teams. There's a lot of uh, subterfuge that goes on in gamesmanship. But we get about uh, 20 minutes to a half hour each day to pose our questions to the executive in charge, who uh, today, of course, was Craig Breslow. And the first thing that we did after leaving the suite, just to go circle back to the Insider Text program, Sean sent out a list of observations and highlights from the meeting with Craig Breslow, the first place it went before Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, before it went on the site and obviously before the podcast. So we'll run down some of those things now. It was not the most newsworthy day as we record this at 7 o'clock local on Monday night, the Red Sox have not made a significant move based on the way Craig Breslow was talking. Didn't seem like that was imminent. And I think around the game, the story is in action. There's some been some big free agents that have signed. We've touched on those. But until I think Otani and Yamamoto and those guys make their decisions, it's quiet and dominoes still need to fall. You know, With all due respect to Wade Miley and Eric Fetty signing today, not the most uh, exciting day of the winter meetings ever. But Sean, to ask you what a question I always seem to ask after we talk to Craig Breslow or have one of these types of meetings or availabilities, your biggest takeaways from today, if any. Yeah. Um, we asked him, uh, you know, sort of where things stood as he saw it. He said he saw advancing conversations with both agents and teams said the winter meetings traditionally acts like a deadline because you've got everybody under one roof, no matter how big it is. And that sort of spurs activity. When you have the ability to meet face-to-face, -face, things can happen quickly, and that can be trades or free agent signings. Um, said a lot of the focus of, is, of course, on uh, starting pitching. That should be no surprise. Everyone knows that's what the Red Sox need the most of, and it is easily their top priority. But he also said that getting a right-handed bat is something that uh, is of secondary focus and that probably will get addressed a little bit later down the road. Right now, it's pitching, pitching, pitching. Uh, he was asked, would the Red Sox be more likely to acquire a starting pitcher via a trade or free agency? He said, it's hard to know. We're actively engaged in both. He noted that Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck, and Cutter Crawford still have starter upside. And, aren't and Nick being, Pavetta, too. And Nick Pavetta um, uh, are not being eliminated from consideration. And when I, I, I find it interesting, Chris, and maybe this is... Uh, born out of the confidence and faith he has in Andrew Bailey and maybe his own abilities, but he never fails to to uh, point out recently that there could be internal improvement among some guys that are on that staff so that maybe Tanner Houck figures it out as a starter. Maybe Garrett Whitlock makes a big step forward and stays healthy. So they're not crossing those guys off the list, but obviously – uh, the the big focus is on acquiring pitching, whether it be free agency or trade. Confirmed a Boston Globe report that the team has hired Justin Willard from the Minnesota Twins as their director 
of pitching. This will not just be minor league, but he'll be working out of Boston and working in conjunction with new pitching coach Andrew Bailey. Uh, hinted that the Red Sox would promote a candidate internally to replace Carlos Febles as coach. We know that Bailey has replaced Dave Bush. They still have to name a third base coach. Chris, I think you and I agree that is in all likelihood going to be Andy Fox, who was sort of a major league coach without a specific title, but he or, did work. Or Kyle in- Hudson and Andy Fox moved to first base, whatever yeah, permutation he, of that. Could be either one of those two. Um, said, and I thought this was interesting. I asked him, can you count on Chris Sale for 25 or more starts in 24? He said he saw no reason not to. This is a healthy offseason for Chris Sale, first in a while, so he can build up and prepare accordingly. You never know about injuries, but he's optimistic about what Sale could provide. You asked him about hiring a general manager. He said that's something on the back burner for now. And he would not address whether the team has had any contract extension conversations with anyone on the roster. That could be anybody from Alex Verdugo, who's down to his final year. Nick Pavetta is another. Or younger guys like Bayo and Casas, who might be in the market for long-term extensions that could cover five, six, seven years. Yeah, so that's a great rundown, obviously, in, uh, of what he said. Do I think there's anything particularly newsworthy on that list? Probably, you know, not, but kind of after a month of no talking to him, last time was the GM meetings for you and Smith. Um, good to hear from him. I think the big takeaway for me is how serious they are about significant change when it comes to the pitching department. You now have three guys in powerful roles here from three different organizations coming in. Craig Breslow, former pitcher in the Chief Baseball Officer role, coming over from the Cubs. Andrew Bailey from the Giants. We documented why that's important. And now Justin Willard, who I don't think either of us have heard of before today, but a younger guy who has done, you know, seems like some impressive things with Minnesota and is in this new director of pitching title, which to me, you know, seems kind of like the role Breslow had with the Cubs, a guy just focused, you know, not in uniform, but a front office guy focused on, you know, pitching at every level of the organization. So you have a guy from the Cubs, a guy from the Giants, a guy from the Twins, Red Sox stats, always out in front of the story, whoever you are, noted today on Twitter or X that he was impressed with and kind of struck by how aligned these three guys are in the way they talk about pitching and the way that the things that they focus on. Craig Breslow has asked some in the weeds questions today about different things about deception and about different things that were um you know interesting to him or stuff or command and like you can tell he has very clear philosophies i think the red sox the last few years kind of struggled to establish that by the last few years i mean the last 15 or 20 not establishing and developing starting pitching um and then just the you know breslow said this a couple times and you already wrote it the idea that they have to move some of their position player talent across the board, whether that be at the highest level of a Meyer, a York, an Anthony, a Rafaela, Willier Abreu, some of these exciting guys they have, Duran, for pitching talent and controllable pitching talent. And they have to find probably a trade where they can, you know, even things up. I know you probably ran the numbers. I didn't read what you wrote yet. Sorry, of course. Uh, But the top prospects list is like, of the top 20 something guys, there's like, you know, 15, 16. yeah, 15 position players. And uh, not, well, let, you know. let's look at it this way. Uh, the two best pitching prospects, Luis Perales and Wickelman Gonzalez are 
at least a year and a half, if not two years away from contributing at the major league level. At the AAA level, the best starter at in 2023 has been left unprotected right. for the Rule 5 draft. So that tells you they don't think they have anybody close who's going to make an impact. Now, they have Bayo, who's already at the major league level, and he's already made uh, 30 or so starts over his career, and they think he's still got a higher ceiling. He could be a uh, number two. He may even in time be a number one, but that's it. I mean, the other guys that we discuss, whether it's Crawford or Hauk or Whitlock, those are back-end guys at best at this point, mm -hmm. and they need impact guys. They have a potential uh, frontline guy in Bayo. They have a guy who can provide them with quality starts when he's healthy, however rare that is in Chris Sale. And after that, they have a lot of question marks. So we have supposed, and a lot of other people around the game have too, that the Red Sox are going to go out and need to go out and get two starting pitching. How do two starting pitchers? How do they do that? It doesn't seem like they're being super aggressive at the top of the free agent market. They are supposedly in on Yamamoto, though Breslow did not confirm that and wouldn't address it. We understand that. Uh, but they're not talked about as one of the five likeliest teams to land him. You hear about the Giants. You hear about the Yankees and Mets. You hear about the Dodgers. You hear about other teams. Mm -hmm. The Red Sox aren't out of it, but they're hardly considered co-favorites there. We know they're probably not going to be on Blake Snell because of the draft pick compensation attached from the qualifying offer. And frankly, while Jordan Montgomery would be a very good addition of this rotation, he qualifies or profiles more as a three or maybe a two. They still need that high-end guy. Where do they get it? Well, we know they're not going to, or it seems highly unlikely, that they're going to deal for any guy who only has a year or two of control left. That means no Dylan Cease. No Shane Bieber, no Tyler Glass now. Those kind of guys are out there. They're available. And Burns. Both said, you trade for those guys, and in a year or so, you have to replace them again. And the Red Sox don't have people in place to step into that role. So you have to go further. You have to think about guys like Logan Gilbert with Seattle, or maybe some of the guys with the Miami Marlins that they had targeted in the past. And to do that, when you're getting a guy who's going to have three, four years of control, you're going to have to give up an elite prospect, at least one and some other talent too. It's going to uh, hurt. It is. And I think, you know, the very intrepid, great reporter in his offseason predictions in October, me, identified George Kirby as the guy. And people thought, oh, that's a long shot. That sounds ridiculous. But, I mean, that's the kind of guy that they want, right? Like one of those Mariners guys, and the Mariners are obviously making some weird moves, and, you know, they moved – Kellenick last night and Marco Gonzalez and salary dump, all that. Um, you know, like there's, there's probably there's always deals to be made with Jerry Depoto, but I think that that's kind of the bucket they want to look in. And yes, that is a blockbuster. That would be um, in a lot of ways. Um, it's just, you know, it kind of is tough to do Red Sox status updates right now because it is every day. They want starting pitching. These are the guys available. They're going to land one of them. You know, they're going to land two of them. Um, yeah, the question, I guess, is do they go home with one or does it take longer? Do they lay the foundation here? Right. Do they finalize a trade in another week or so? Or does it get done in the next couple of days? We'll see. 
and I don't think that the market has suggested that they're at a point, you know, I think they were going to wait on Yamamoto and maybe Snell to come off the board and maybe Otani for a team that has that money. Um, so there are a lot of things left to iron out here. Um, you know, and I think around the game that dam is going to break at some point. It might be, you know, if Yamamoto is holding meetings at the end of this week or next week, it might take a little while. And, um, you know, I think that that is something that uh, needs to be uh, like, as much as you know, the Red Sox have gotten this interest Kings label the last couple of years, and as much as they haven't been the ones to make the first move of the offseason, I will caution patience because other than Nola and Gray, two guys that you know they apparently weren't in on, I know you thought they should have been on Nola and they and Gray didn't make much sense. There hasn't been much in the way of moves. You know, all those pitchers who were available, Bieber, Burns, Glasnow, um, Cease, Cease. None, of, none of those guys have moved. Yamamoto, Otani, like all those guys are available. You know, some of them are fit, some of them aren't, but there's still a lot to shake out. And, and that, yeah, I think, and is I would kind say the, the one here. benefit, I, I'd say the one benefit they have going for them is that while there are a lot of contenders who think that adding a Cease or a Burns or a Bieber or a Glass now can put them over the top. There aren't a lot of teams in the Red Sox category that is seeking, you know, 24 and 25 year old guys with three or four years of control. So as expensive as it's going to be to make that kind of deal, I don't think they're going to have a lot of other teams swimming in that same lane. You know, there's teams either who are completely rebuilding and they don't want to give up any prospects or there's teams willing to give up some prospects or young talent to get that major league piece for a year or two and worry about whether you extend him later. I don't think, and this may help them, that there's a lot of competition for what the Red Sox are focused on. That doesn't mean, as we said, that it isn't going to be a tough ask and a a, a painful one to give up one of those premier prospects. But I don't think they're going to face a lot of competition in the market. And if it's Jerry Depoto saying we want Marcelo Meyer today, and Craig Breslow saying, nope, we're not going to do that. And maybe if the answer changes in February, if they don't have a deal and Logan Gilbert or Kirby are still members of the Mariners, maybe that's how it shakes out. And that's all guessing yeah. and stuff. But um, it's early yet. And so I think patience is, is the, the name of the game. That has been a quick but thorough, hopefully, version of the Fenway Rundown to start the winter meetings here in Nashville. We plan on doing these a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week. Obviously, an emergency pod if there's news, which uh, we're always at the risk of recording, and then there being news, but tonight I think we're safe. Thanks for listening, as always. And, Sean, one more time, if you want to tell them where, to yep. join the Red Sox Insider Text Program. Yep. We, next week, we're going to get back to taking some questions from our Insider Tech subscribers. If you would like to be eligible for that, all you have to do is text the word JOIN to 617-751-6257. That's 617-751-6257. Click the link and subscribe. You get a free 14-day trial after that $4.99 a month and the ability to text me, Chris Cotillo, Chris Smith, ask our opinion, Tell them, tell us we're doing a good job. Tell us we're doing a lousy job. Propose some trades. Give us some questions to ask on the pod. It's a lot of fun. Come join us.
This has been the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live.